What's up, Dreadheads? I'm John. And I'm Joe. And welcome to a brand new episode of Spread the Dread Podcast. Joe, we are at episode number 36. Yep. Last week, you motherfuckers got episode 35, which was part four of the ongoing tortures and execution mm-hmm. series that we've been talking about. And all four of those are brutal as fuck. <laughs> if you haven't listened to all of them, you need to go back and check those out. But I loved last week's episode. The numbers were through the fucking roof. Thank you to everybody yes. who has been listening. Thanks to all the new listeners that have been reaching out and to all the new podcasts that we've been linking up with. We're definitely going to be doing those promo swaps that we've been messaging back and forth and all of that good stuff. So all of you dreadheads are going to start finding out about some more awesome podcasts that you can listen to, obviously, only after you've listened to every episode of Spread the Dread. <laughs> Two or three times over. You doing all right, Joe? Yeah, I'm doing great. Still powering, pregnant? Yeah, powering through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, the princess of dreaddom, Zuzu, is still stewing and cooking in there. And whooping my ass, yeah. Yeah. You're ready for this one to be done, aren't you? Yeah. I, I am, am too. too. I, yeah, I'm right there with you on this one. She's, she's, you know, I know she's got a little bit longer to go, but... I know, but you know, third one, it's it, it's a tr- I don't know. It, she should be walking out with a fucking I don't know a degree at this point. It's just such old hat on the third one. But this pregnancy again is different from my other ones. So I was great up until a few weeks ago, and ever since I have been paying for having a decent pregnancy up until a few weeks ago. No, yeah, that's very true. That's very true. I will give you that. But yes, we're all excited for Zuzu to get here. And I know Z- Z- Joe is excited for Zuzu to get out of her. Yeah, eviction notice has been served. Yes, 30 yes. days or less. Come on. <laughs> All right, Joe, let's get right down mm-hmm. to the business of everything. If this is your first episode of Spread the Dread or you are an OG Dreadhead, it does not matter. We're going to refresh them. If you want to go to the one location on the World Wide Web, Deep Web, whatever you're into, Dreadheads, for all things Spread the Dread, where do you go, Joe? Spreadthedreadpodcast.com. And as I just said, That's they're going to find fucking everything. Everything <laughs> related. Links to our merch, links to our donations, and we appreciate everybody who purchases anything through us or who donates to us. But also on the website, there's a Podbean player. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to have a phone if you have a computer. It's right there. You can listen to all of our episodes off of the website. It's got links to our social media, our Facebook, our IG, links to our YouTube and our bit shoot. Literally, as we said, everything, spreadthedreadpodcast.com. And you can connect with us directly via Facebook or IG or spreadthedreadpodcast at Mm gmail.com. Don't forget, if you want to get your hands on some free Spread the Dread stickers, all you got to do is leave us a five-star review on Apple uh, Podcasts or on Spotify. Screenshot that shit. Send it over to us on Facebook, IG, or Gmail along with your mailing address. And we're going to get those out to you. I would say get it as soon as possible. Be- by now, I think we've caught up with everybody who's been needing to have stickers sent. I believe so. Yes. But if not, feel free to message us again and say, hey, motherfuckers, where's my sticker? I wasted you know, 3.5 seconds leaving y'all a five-star <laughs> review. You promised me free stickers. Where is it? And we'll get to it. I promise. Eventually. Uh, and then, of course, like we were talking about earlier with any... Uh, podcasts that you know we've we've been connecting with quite a few lately newer ones we do do our promo swaps Mm -hmm. we have one we can send you send it to us 
You guys can play it on yours. We can play it on ours. Of course, no charge. We're in this fucked up shit together. So you can link up with us again, Facebook, IG, or Gmail. Man, I'm trying. Is that it? Yes. That's it? Yes, let's keep going. Let's but get in I, I, I do want to say this. Episode. I do want to say before we start on this episode 36 about Robert Hansen, the Butcher Baker, you better fucking strap in, dreadheads. To anyone who's listening to this, definitely go over to our YouTube, subscribe, throw some thumbs up and stuff in there. You're going to want to be subscribed because the revamped Fright Flick Fuck Mary Kill and the new series that we're taking on, Talking Dread. They're going to be, we're going we're gonna to put them up on the podcast uh, stuff as well. So you'll have the audio only, but those are going to feature actual live uh, uh, you video. Know, yeah. Recording. You're going to see me and the people I'm talking to and stuff like that. So finally, you're going to have a reason to actually go to our fucking YouTube <laughs> yeah. other than just looking at Joe's awesome episode art while you listen to the same shit you can get on Apple or Spotify. So if you have not subscribed to us on YouTube or BitChute, get on that shit, click that bell so that you'll get all of the notifications because that new stuff is coming your way very soon. Now, we are officially wrapped up, Joe. So I'm going to hand it over to you to do the bio that only you know how to do as well as you do. And let's kick off this episode about Robert Hansen, the Butcher Baker. All right, dreadheads. Here we go. The Butcher Baker, Robert Hansen, was born on February 15th, 1939 in Estherville, Iowa. That to- sounds like a really cool place. <laughs> Esterville, named after one of the oldest. uh, Iowa is cool. Oh well, it's also named after literally the oldest woman's name after Eve. Like literally Eve's fucking daughter, I think, was named Esther. (laughs) So that's an old Esterville, Iowa. That sounds like that's. Like, just outsiders in general. I'm not making it a race thing, dreadheads. Well, his mother like also had a weird, or uh, old school name, too. But his father uh, was a Danish immigrant named Christian Hansen, and his mother was an American named Edna Hansen. So kind of close. We just hit the three E's right there of old school. <laughs> Eve, Esther, and Edna. I know, right? All right. Uh, family moved to California from Esterville, Iowa in 1942. Heading out California way. And then in 49, they returned, but they uh, relocated to Pocahontas, Iowa. That's dope. But that was in 1949 they mm-hmm. went back. So he was 10 at that point then. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So his father, uh, kind of, him and his father had a bit of a difficult relationship. His dad was, you know, very strict, you know, obviously immigrant, duh. Um, and often made him work long hours at their family-owned bakery. It's it's cool. That, hey, so, hey. I want to point out again, his his father was Danish, a Danish immigrant. Mm-hmm. He, so that's Dutch, correct? I think so. Uh, yeah, and I, and I don't even think that's, is that Denmark? I believe that's Denmark. So, I get confused with, no. I love how you pick up always on these episodes. Two, I know. Two things I am I'm really bad at, dreadheads. I am terrible with geography. I hate <laughs> no, it. And that's supposed to be the thing I'm decent at, yeah, to be fair. Yeah, and I cannot spell. Those are my two fucking hang-ups. <laughs> Everything else, I'm pretty decent at. Hell, give me a science or a math question, I'm good. But this shit, no, I don't know geography or spelling. So, what would you like to ask me, John? And I don't know. I, we're going to skip. We're going to skip. By the way, his father, Christian Hansen, was Danish, which is Dutch, which I believe is he Denmark. He was strict, strict as shit. Right. Uh, but without, he's an immigrant. I, no, I think because now we all think of like 
you know, Denmark, Sweden, Switzerland. They're the laid back Euro types. Everything's you know, all good. Everything's yeah. great for them and shit like that. And then you're just like, well, I don't know. Like, was America his problem? <laughs> like, he was good till he got here. And he was just like, this shit's fucking hard. If I don't hit my kid and be strict, I'll never fucking make it. I know, right? Um, so during his child, he, uh, childhood, he was often bullied for his stutter and severe acne. And in school, because of these reasons, he didn't really have any close friends. And, and then, uh, so now, we're not talking about Christian now. We're talking about Robert Hanson. We're talking right? about so this boy. Fucking yeah. pizza-faced, half-Dutch fuckhead whose Dutch father didn't like him. And probably a little under par on the social spectrum. He but... had a st- stutter. Yeah, that doesn't help. Shit. No, especially in the fuck. We're talking oh, like God. The yeah, that's another God thing. Yeah, damn, I grew right? up with a stutter. <laughs> so I feel for him on this. Not, I had a horrible speech impediment. Not in 1950s Iowa. You I know. Didn't. That's fucking like, could you yeah, imagine having no fucking speech therapy back then? Talk about a stacked deck. I know. So after graduating high school in 57, he enlisted in the Army Reserve and became a skilled marksman. Warning! Yeah. Warning! Served, he served one week in a month and then worked at the bakery the rest of the time. He was discharged after only a year, and we couldn't it, figure out exactly why, but he was discharged. And after serving, Robert worked as an assistant drill instructor at a police academy there in Pocahontas. Do, do you think at the bakery he was <laughs> they had a Dutch oven? Oh, God. In 1960, (laughs) he fell in love with and married a local girl. And on December 7th of 1960, he burned down the the school bus garage of the local high school, but was caught when a friend turned him in. I would like like to think, maybe that's an an Iowan mating ritual. You find the girl, you find the one, and she's just like, do you really love me? Yes. Would you commit arson for me? Yes. Prove it. Okay. Well, she didn't do it for her. So after only 20 months, um, or sorry, during his three years, uh, you know, prison sentence, he was, he ended up getting divorced. So it wasn't for her. And after only or 20 months. Or she didn't months, respect the sacrifices that he made oh, yeah. to let her know how big his Dutch oven was. So three years for arson. And then after only 20 months after he was paroled, um, he had been paroled even after he was diagnosed as having, quote, unquote, infantile personality. All right. So now this is the point where I flex on your BS uh, degree in psychology, bachelor's in it. What is, just explain what that means, infantile personality, and take it from the, this is late 50s, early 60s. I was about so. to say, so I, I've never heard of it put that way in psychology, but really what all that means, the infantile personality just means that you're just easy to anger, easy to upset, and easy to seek revenge. Is it? Do they, so do it, they, it's like, like a reactionary like personality. Do they like uh, attribute it attributed it to like stunted development or anything like that or does that really I not... mean I would think so just the vernacular that they use but I'm not 100% I mean, obviously we're talking about it in the like late 50s early 60s yeah. now there's been way more research done mm. so well also too you gotta think about the DSMIV has probably been updated God knows how many Whoa, times even since there what's the, the DSMIV it's, what the fuck is it's that it's just that it's a diagnostic manual that tells you all the different psychological disorders and what the like you know signs and cyst, uh, symptoms uh uh, diagnostic tr- um, ways of like diagnosing it and as well as like treatment plans. So it's like it's the DSM IV is kind of well known within the psychology. Is that field. something anyone can find and look at? Um, I think so. Dreadheads. I haven't, able, I haven't accessed it since school and I'm actually really curious now. I don't if know. You're, if if you're able to access that on the web, I want any of you to message us or post to us. 
what psychological disorder by that manual you should fucking be in somewhere or getting treatment but for? That'd be is, hilarious. I bet all of us have on something on there. It depends on the version because, again, the, what, what, what you're – yeah, they said, okay, and this is in the 1960s, so there's yeah. no telling if you yeah. even can find a digital of that. No, no, I want a modern one. I just think it'd be hilarious oh, to know, like, okay. her psychological disorder, like, insider fucking move makers – they would think all of us have, I guarantee you, all of us, especially us and those listening to this podcast, have something on there that when we read it, it hits a little too close to home. Probably. I would love to know what that is, but or feel free to read it and not tell anyone, because that might be what I do. Joe, we're in 1963. Keep yeah. going. Yeah, so he remarried. Um, it was a woman with whom he had two children. And four, four years later, after several jail sentences for petty theft, mind you, he moved to Anchorage, Alaska with his family. That's where you go when things are like... That's, <laughs> Just that's... get the fuck... Back then, yeah, because they ain't goddamn anything up there. Right, like it's 2022. If someone was just like, I'm going to Anchorage, I'd be like, He's either running from a problem or like he re- he's not like I don't need to turn the page on my life. I need to set the book on fire and find a new book to write. <laughs> well, there he was well liked by, by people um, that actually knew him and he became an avid hunter breaking several hunting records. That's more of so a that's more of a knock. Warning, warning, warning. Yeah, that's more of a knock at the people of Anchorage. They're like, you know, this serial killer, that's a good dude. <laughs> Like, everybody got there and like, you know what? He's just like us. <laughs> His weapons of choice were rifles or bow and arrow. And in December of 71, Hansen was arrested twice, first for abducting and attempting to rape an unidentified housewife, and then for raping an unidentified sex worker. I love how they're like, we don't know, we don't know who she was, but we do know she was a housewife. She had, she had, I don't know, she had like fucking a meatloaf recipe in her apron when we got her. Well, how, that's weird how they fucking know that. Oh, maybe they or wanted they to differentiate it, it, but they didn't want to say, oh, this person has this occupation as a sex worker and just assume that other person did too. Right. So, maybe that's why. Fair enough. So he, he pleaded no contest to assault with a deadly weapon in the offense uh, involving the housewife. Yeah. The rape charge involving the sex worker was dropped as part of a plea bargain, Joe. Makes so sense. Hanson was sentenced to five years in prison. Uh, but after serving six months of his sentence, he was placed on a work release program and was released to a halfway house. Now, dreadheads, buckle in. Here's where Robert Hansen, uh, you know, once again got released a little too early and said, fuck y'all. Y'all are going to give me the respect I'm due. <laughs> Now, Dreadheads, this brings us into a decade of murder. A decade? Yeah, a decade of murder. Holy shit. And it was kicked off around 1972. His modus operandi was to pick up a sex worker in his car, force her at gunpoint to his home, where he would then rape and torture her. He claimed that the ones who uh, complied, he would return to Anchorage alive. But from 73 to 83, he abducted and raped at least 30 women and let them go. And at least 17 women picked up during those years were less fortunate. So it's an interesting, you know, um, paradox there. It's like, Dichotomy. Dichotomy. Yeah, yeah, that is a great. That he, you know, if they didn't, if they complied, he got what he needed. They, they at least got to live. But regardless, which I mean, let's be honest, Joe and Dreadheads listening. I mean, think of all the people we've talked about so far. I mean, this is episode. What we say, thirty six. This is very sparing a comparison to the other. Right. There's a lot. Most most of them would be like, "Hey, you comply." They would lie. (laughs) They would either lie or they would get off over you not complying. Mm-hmm. Like the whole, 
their whole MO was to have someone not comply while they were doing this. Yeah. So I'll at least give some ups on that. He was like, look, I like to rape. And if someone doesn't go cool, if they don't make it easy on me, I do enjoy a good murder or two. That is very odd, at least for what we've covered now, so far. Now, what's even odder is his way, his method for killing. This uh, is the crazy okay. part. Using his Piper Super Cub Bush plane, Hansen would fly those 17 women, this is the, the ones that wouldn't comply, uh, out to a secluded area and hunt <sighs> them God as damn. if she were wild game before shooting or stabbing her. So this is oh. like, yeah, so this is a whole new level. So you didn't comply. I'm going to make the last like 30 minutes of your life like the the scariest thing possible. I'm going to give you a little bit of hope, but now, I'm going to kill you. Now, a bush plane, it, I, I don't believe. It's I know, a puddle jumper. Right. So is that the one that has like the floats on it? Um, Yeah, I think so. Or yeah, it, yeah. Can, it can. It can, yeah. yeah it's, so it's the a, puddle it's jumpers a, I'm thinking of are like, you know, any, like I think the 8 single, to 12. The single engine made yeah, total, so like I, four people tops. Yeah, I think the bush plane's only intended for like three or four people. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so this guy, Dreadheads, it's, and this might be a shorter episode, to be honest, but because there's, it's just so succinct. It's like, again, he, he served, I believe we said what, like roughly two-ish decent terms in jail. Mm -hmm. That last one was only for six months, though. Yeah. Um, and then it's just, he just keeps upping. Yeah. And then, like I said... Because he knows what he's getting away with. Or getting away with, or, you know, it's... Or maybe it's just worth a thrill. I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, eventually, like, when you've, when you've done it, you know, what's next? Mm -hmm. Every human is a what's next. That's the only reason we have drug, you know, like, drug addicts and shit like that is... A lot of people are all about what's next. Yeah. And boy, Robert Hansen knew. So, Joe, we're going to go through, and, and Dreadheads, mm. going to kind of break this down. This yeah. This 10 years of just fucking, like, rape now, and then doing, like, the deadliest game kind of fucking shit, hunting humans. Now, now like, there is fuck. one or two of them that are kind of... I guess thrown in because these people were found dead right around the same time. Right. And they I, only this assume is, because they fit that, uh, you know, MO. Right. And regardless of what that one person on fucking YouTube again decided to pipe up with, with oh, no God. links doing anything, fuck them. You know, on the Taco Bell killer, when I believe was the one it was, we, Joe, you see my fucking notes. I have links on my fucking shit. Yeah. I'm not saying we're fucking perfect. I'm not putting a college thesis out here, but we are, I'm giving you. Basically, the chronological body count as was best put together by me yeah. from a few different sources on that. So, Joe, let's kick it off in 1971, and we're, we're right at the end of it, mm -hmm. December 22nd. We got Celia Zanton, who was only 17 years old. Now, her body was found just two or three days later, actually Christmas Day mm -hmm, of 1971 was when her body was found. Yeah. And then now, we hit a gap. There's nothing in 72, but then we get into halfway through 73. Yeah, so that's the reason why we originally said that the killing began around 1972 because um, as far as Celia Zanton, I guess there wasn't like a completely positive or like confirmation that she was a part of it, but they are assuming because it still fit the MO that they lumped her in. Right. Well, I mean, how many other people are hauling women off with a bush plane to go fucking hunt them in like a private ass area? If you're uh, fitting yeah. that, I think at this, at this case in point, and no offense to any police officers that are listening, but certainly with, with 
what you guys had at your disposal in the fucking early 70s. I would be a man. If you could kind of piece it together, it's more than likely Robert Hanson. This is a very, this is a very uh, defined way of killing these people. Oh, absolutely. And he had his, he also had his type of victim too, because in 73 was also another 17 year old girl uh, on July 7th. Her name was Megan Emmerich. She went missing on uh, July 7th of 72 and the body was never found. Oh, okay. Sorry. I miss said that it was in 1972, 1973, but the body was never found. Now, there was a, like, a three-year hiatus yeah, in, seven, in 75. Yeah, 73 and 74. Sorry. So, yeah, and I misspoke earlier, too, with Megan Emerald. Mm-hmm. Or, sorry, Meg, Megan Emmerich. So, Celia Zanson was at the end of, of December 70. of, of, of 71. Uh-huh. Megan Emmerich was was found missing around the, the mid summer. Mid-72. Yeah, mid-summer of 72. The body was never found. And from that point, he literally takes almost a three-year break, Joe, yeah. until July of 75. Fifth. Yeah, July 5th of 75 was Mary Phil, age 22. Again, body never found. Yeah, 70. so I would just imagine they probably had enough uh, evidence linking her to him. But then basically at some point when they're apart. He when, strikes when me as somebody who's going to uh, keep a trophy. And the reason I say this, and I haven't read completely through all the notes, is because he was an avid hunter. Um, it ah, seemed, I like that. Yeah, so he's an avid hunter. Hunters tend to always treat, keep a trophy. And I'm wondering the reason why a lot of these ladies ended up getting connected back to him is he was keeping some type of trophy. I'm curious. Well, let's, let's get through yeah. the notes because, again, everybody, I've had, I did these notes. But, but it's been, been a while. They've been sitting here for a while because these last couple of months for Joe has been a really rough pregnancy. And then and, and all and, you know all kinds of other stuff, but we're we're fucking getting to it. So at this point, I wrote them and fuck, I can't even wait to see how it turns out, Joe. So let's go into 1976. Yeah. So in 76, Hanson pleaded guilty to larceny after he was caught stealing a chainsaw from an Anchorage uh, Fred Meyer store. That's classy. That's classy. What? There's probably one Fred Meyer store in, and I don't even know what the fuck that is. If I'm remembering right. It's almost kind of like a Roses, which is what we have down here. Uh, um, it's like a Walmart. Or a Kmart, something Myers, like that. Myers, Fred Myers. Like, well, I imagine. Yeah, so like, like Kmart. Kmarts and Roses were smaller Walmarts because mm-hmm. I can't even. But they didn't have fucking, food or nothing. So. What didn't? Roses and all. And Kmart no, they sell, didn't have they didn't groceries. So Fred Myers has groceries? Yeah. Oh, it was okay. like a mercantile store. Did back y'all in have the day. them up there? Um, we had a Myers, but not a Fred Myers. Oh, okay, anyway, and ours was spelled differently. If, but anyways, we're, if we're wrong, someone correct us. Yeah. But actually, provide a fucking link this time. Oh my god. Anyways, he was sentenced to five years in prison and required to receive psychiatric treatment for his bipolar disorder. Now, the Alaska Supreme Court reduced his sentence, and he was released with time served. That's what you want to do because yeah. this guy has now. This is now at least three times where he was actually sentenced sentenced to some actual time to serve and was under the watchful eye of somebody who could have possibly kept him completely off the street but right well the the, the one prior to this before these you know these these murders actually began at least to to the best i'm sure there's someone out there who was like well i know a guy who know a guy and in 68 hansen had done this what the Mm -hmm. fuck ever but the recorded murders had actually began was when he had that six month where he was done after six months Mm -hmm. but i think at that point he had received a couple of years, at least two or three. Now he was sentenced to five, but then was time served. And that was in 1976. And we know he didn't serve that much time, Joe, because what happens in 1977? Oh, in 77, he was in pr- prison again for stealing a chainsaw and was wow. di- and yeah, diagnosed with 
the bipolar disorder. He was prescribed lithium and wasn't required by law to take it. <laughs> and he great. was re- released after only serving a year. Yeah, they're like, look, we gave you six months. Last time, well, we gave you a few weeks. This time, mister, a full year to think about what you've done. And here's some lithium that would probably really help you, but you don't have to take it. So, Joe, now we're, now we're, we're again, we're talking about, you know, the, it's a little fuzzy exactly. The sentencing date, the 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 he date was he was admitted to prison, yeah. and and then the date he was out. But let's let's follow up now, Joe, where we're gonna pick up starting around November of 1979. So somewhere between November 79 to June 1980, a Eclatana Annie um was found between the she was roughly around the age of uh, 16 to 25 her act the actual identity was not known and she had been stabbed in the back of the neck the body was discovered in a shallow grave off of Ecolunta Lake Road that's why they call her the you know uh Ecoluna Annie it's kind of like it sounds almost like a like Jane a Doe. weird date Jane Doe but a location yeah that actually makes more sense yeah I give you yeah, that. give the city where you found it in the name instead of just Jane Doe. Like, hey, we found her in this city, and uh, you know, it's a it's a Jane or a John. Yeah. So the body w- was found um, the following year in 1980. Um, it had been partially eaten by wild animals when it had been discovered. So obviously, this is going to make it a lot more difficult to pinpoint time of death. Right. But in the 18- in the early 1980s, Joe uh, Robert Hansen reported a burglary at, at his home. Uh, which he had actually staged. Now, with the money he got from the insurance claim and everything like that, he opened his own bakery and actually established himself as like a well-liked family man in the area. So ah, there goes the facade. Right. So go. now, so now, hey, now I've gotten away with it for roughly seven to eight years. Mm. Now I've got this business. I've got a good alibi. Here we go, Joe. Now let's get into the murders of yeah. the 80s, kicking it off with 1980. Yeah, 1980. May 19th, 1980. Uh, Joanna Messina, age 24. The body was never, uh, the body was found uh, sometime in July of 1980, but was badly decomposed in a gravel pit. Now, less than what, a month later on June 18th, Roxanne Eastland, age 24, the body was never found, but she did go missing. Uh, September 6th. And again, when we say the body was never found, everything about this girl's disappearance, they linked it to Robert Hansen. Mm-hmm. Everything else was, hey, it fit all the MO and everything like that, but they just didn't recover the body. Yeah. So September 6th, Lisa Fatrell, age 41, her body was found on uh, May 9th of 1984. Yeah, so fucking, yeah. Four yeah, years, yeah, yeah. yeah. Four years later. But now, so, all right, Dreadhead's moving that was, right. That was the first year. <laughs> yeah, that's 1980. This is, again, this is why we call it the Butcher Baker. I know up to now, almost a half hour in, you guys are going, what the fuck does this have to do with it? I know he baked, but uh, yeah, okay. But yeah, here we are. We yeah. are in the he 80s, He wasn't just the baby. son of a baker. No, here no. we go, Joe. Push into 1981. Yeah, so never, November 17, 1981 was Sherry Murrow, age 23. The body was found on September 12th of 1982. So about a year later. And about a year later. It was found in a shallow grave off the bank of the Kinnick River. And she had been shot in the back, but no bullet hole in her clothes. So I guess she was maybe running naked. She 
he shot her and then re you know reclothed her, which is interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. Usually they don't do that, but oh it's shit! I found a read one more damn line down. Shot while nude and redressed before being buried. Oh, I thought you were looking off the notes because no. I was like, yeah, that's what the notes say. Yeah, yeah. She had clearly been shot while she was nude. I I, I would assume during the rape. Yeah. Uh, and then he redressed her. Yeah. Uh, afterwards, and uh, this is the only one, at least so far, where I've been able to see that you know. Clearly, these girls were completely nude while it happened, or maybe this was a special instance where that happened. But yeah, he did redress uh, Sherry Morrow after everything that took place. Yeah, so that was in November. And following month, December 2nd, Andrea Altery, uh, age 22, but her her body had never been found. Right, so that moves us again, dreadheads. We're pumping right along. This is why I told you it might be short, but we had to do this motherfucker. Robert Hansen has to be talked this about. This is a this. busy motherfucker. Yes. And again, he's got a family going on. He's got a fucking bakery, bakery business, all this shit. And he's still managing to get his fucking murder on Joe. Even in 1982, he was only able to get one down. But talk about Sue Luna. Yeah. So Sue Luna, uh, May 26, 1982. She was aged uh, 23. Her body was found on April 24th of 84, so two years later. Right. Um, she had been stripped nude and hunted in a forest by Hansen and shot to death. Oh, Jesus. So he didn't give a shit about redressing her. He was just like, fuck it, I'm going to hunt her naked. Right, which is, this guy's all over the fucking place. Yeah, he does, but he, he, he's getting something out of that, that hunting thing. So oh, 80- the hunting thing yeah, is a fucking, that's a different vein right there. Yeah. That's, so, there's a whole, there's a side you could even say with most serial killers that there is a hunt. But for most, it's a psychological hunt. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They know, their prey have no idea they're there. You take even someone as famous well, as Jeffrey Dahmer. You got to think about it the- this way. There's a, there's a hunting on the front end. There's a hunting on the back end. The hunting on the front end is the most common because you're hunting down your victim. Right. But this one, he's hunting them down on a secondary platform. So to me, it's, it's a, a way different. It's almost like he has a plan B. It's like a he's cat like, All right, playing with does, a If this a, doesn't a go well, I'll just hunt her. I'll just knock her out, put her on my my bush plane, and I'll go hunt her for being uncooperative. But again, most with most serial killers, like I was bringing up Dahmer, the prey don't even know they're the prey while most of the hunting is going on in the mind of the serial killer. This dude has, uh, dude, he's he's taking predator and prey to a whole new level, and that's why I, we had to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. So here we go, Joe. Nineteen eighty three. In January, a Robin Pelkey, age nineteen, her body was found in April of nineteen eighty four. And wasn't identified until October of 2021. Wow. Yeah, she was nicknamed the Horseshoe Harriet before being actually identified as Robin Pelkey. Yeah, so you're, you're going to see why, I mean, that's, it's crazy. It's Again, astonishing that's, that somebody had, or a family member had to wait that long before they got that kind of closure. Yes, but it's I also, really bad it's for all, but it's also a really cool testament to how far along forensics have come along. And yeah, I know that's a yeah, big passion that. for you, you mm-hmm. know, with all that stuff. So it's one of those things. And that's what's cool. I really, I really dig, especially, you know, it's, it's crazy to think that someone from even, you know, fuck, we're in 2022 now. This is 83, almost 40 years ago was able to preserve something well enough to where our science now can evaluate it and do things like this. So this brings us uh, to April of 83 in Delyn Frey, age 20. Her body was found August 20th of 85, and it was found actually by a pilot testing new tires on the sandbar of the Nick River. I wonder if that has anything to do with the fact that he had a bush plane. 
Possibly. Like, did he take the body someplace that's, that's kind of frequented by bush planes? I, I, I mean, I, again, we don't know, but it's something interesting to think I, about. I, I the say, fact I'm not that sure, another... but I mean, he's staying. He's trying to stay kind of close to Anchorage, Alaska, and even in modern times, like there, it's kind of an area that's been better developed. So I'm assuming that's a better developed area even back in the 80s. All right, fair enough. So, all right, April 25th of 1983, mm-hmm. Joe, tell us about Paula Golding. Yeah, so she was age 21. Her body was found on September 2nd of 83 and it was found in a shallow grave off of the bank of the Nick River again shot in the back but no bullet hole in her clothes shot while naked and redressed before being buried right so, so he's, he's staying around the same vicinity because he's going off Nick River so maybe his little bush plane ain't the one with the wheels it probably is the one with the floats so yeah. he's dropping in the river and going and putting them in shallow graves right he's able to he's able to bank it up on a shore and then you know some places may be only accessible by by bush plane, i.e. the if we're correct here, dreadheads. With that, I'm going to sound awful, but I'm wondering if he was shooting these people from a moving plane. Do you know how fucking difficult that would be? Like how <laughs> skilled of a fucking shot that would be? Somebody running for their life while you're in a plane shooting at them? Like that's Dude, a goddamn that's, good shot. That's, that's I mean, he was an army marksman. That's what I'm saying. That I doubt it though. And, and I, he had all those records up there uh, when he moved up there. Uh, from being an avid hunter, but it makes me wonder. I, he was probably hunting them on the ground, kind of like a la, or from a stand, a la like the house that Jack built mm-hmm. or something like that. But that that would be, I mean, let's be honest here, Dreadheads. Think of the show you're listening to. That would be kind of baller. As a serial killer, if you're like, no, I, you know, I snipe maybe people that from was a plane. He, <laughs> maybe that was what made them think that they were going to get away. No, I mean, if he mm. cut them loose, and even if he described the rules of the game, hey, if I find you, I'm going to kill you. I mean, if I'm the victim, I'm like, well, fuck, I've got a, I got a shot here. Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't feel that. I wouldn't, I would still feel there was hope at least. But, Joe, that moves us on to one of the sections that almost everybody's probably really happy to hear about, <laughs> where we talk about where this fucker or fuckette or either or neither nor uh, is arrested and fucking handled. So, Joe, take us to June 13th of 1983. Yeah. So, a young prostitute, her name was Cindy Paulson. Was... Her name was Cindy Paulson. <laughs> her name was Cindy Paulson. Oh, if you God. don't get that because you don't know Fight Club enough and you're looking at me like, uh, I have failed you as a husband. I do exactly what you're doing, but I'm just like. His name was Robert Paulson. I know. I know what you were referencing. We just you know recently what? even rewatched Fight Club, asshole. You know what? I'm going to stop. I'm going to be the bigger person oh. here and let you get back to this episode. Thank you. We'll talk about this off air. I bet Missy. all the dreadheads are thinking <laughs> that too. Uh, so she was spotted with a handcuff on her wrist by a trucker. He gave her a ride to a motel where she waited for her pimp and called the police. Do you think that trucker gave her a ride to the motel? Like, no. Up until the pimp got there, she was like, all right, I just need to wait for my pimp. I and he was know. like, Then again, fuck, I this saw was... that handcuff. I think I'm, I'd be likely to be a little bit nicer about it and just be like, you know what? I don't want to get caught up in what happened with you. You need a ride. Let's get you going. I don't know. It's a trucker. That seems like a pretty ad- advantageous lot, Lizard. You might have a pretty dope night. But yeah, either way, he <laughs> took her to the hotel and she's waiting on his pimp and he went off somewhere to fucking stroke and choke his Jake break by himself. Oh, God. <laughs> when an Anchorage police officer, Greg Baker, arrived, Paulson told him how a man, Hanson, had offered her $200 for oral sex, handcuffed her, and forced her at gunpoint into his car. He then drove her to his house. Hanson's wife and children were vacationing in Europe at the time and brutally raped and tortured her. 
Afterwards, he drove her to an airport and put her in his bush plane, presumably to take her to the wilderness and kill her as well. While he was loading it with supplies, she had fled. Wow. So. Yeah. So she got real fucking lucky. I like the fact that he's like loading it with supplies. We got to think, dreadheads, even if she's acting quick. Yeah. That's a decent amount of supplies. Like, what kind of... I mean, obviously ammo and shit like that, but, like, what other supplies was keeping him preoccupied long enough for her to flee and good... Camping supplies, maybe? I don't know, but definitely big-time good on Cindy Paulson for not fucking waiting too long. But, yeah, she she fucking fled. Now, Joe Paulson made a a formal statement to the police and not only identified the make and color of Hanson's plane but also remembered its tail number. So if you've seen it, they all have those identifying numbers and shit. It's boats, tractor trailers, all of them have the same kind of shit. And there is a database that, that keeps all of that there. Um, Hanson turned out to be the owner and was identified by Paulson as her attacker. However, Joe, two of Hanson's friends gave him a false alibi mm. for the night of the attack. So no formal charges were actually filed. See, Dreadheads, this is exactly why. You can have friends, but no friends should be so close that you're going to give them a fake alibi because you don't know if they're a murderer or That's not. them friends in low places kind of things. Mm. And we've all needed them. Well, but never come at me, some... friends, because I ain't going to give you a false alibi because I ain't getting wrapped up in that shit. Right. Just some, saying. Yeah, some, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm ride or die, but it depends on where we're riding. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, now, on September 2nd, uh, the body of a previous victim of Hanson, Paula Golden, turned, out, uh, turned up, and the case was brought up again. Now, this prompted the Alaskan Alaskan investigators to begin looking into Hansen again, and they ended up contacting the FBI, who sent in their profiler, John Douglas. He profiled the killer as having low self-esteem, a history of rejection by women, and being an experienced hunter. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) He also correctly predicted that he would take souvenirs from his victims and would have a stutter. Oh, my God. What? I got you, it. You, you, you picked up on the souvenirs thing. <laughs> Again, yes. everyone, I wrote these notes, but I wrote these notes of, uh, like several weeks ago. Yeah. So even I had forgotten. But yeah, you, you picked up on that and a stutter. <laughs> Should well, I be stutter, worried? Should I be worried about the? the f- should I be worried about the fact <laughs> that you used to stutter? <laughs> Maybe. Don't Mind hunt me. Don't hunt me. I'm all I'm all stressed out and stringy. It I won't couldn't be hit tasteful. the broad side of a fucking barn, so you're well, good there. <laughs> before I lost weight, I was about the equivalency of a broad oh, side of a barn. So, all right. So, Joe. Now, when the two men who gave Hanson an alibi for the night that he actually attacked Cindy Paulson confessed that they were lying, the investigators just just honed right into Robert Paulson and they brought him in for questioning while executing search warrants on his house, plane, and his cars. Yeah, and in his house, that's where they end up finding a collection of weapons, including a uh, 223 Ruger, a mini-14 he had used to commit his murders, IDs and jewelry taken from his victims. There's those trophies. And an aviation map with several marked locations. Jeez. All right, so this I is I wonder if he I just has thinking. X's and he's just like, he had names X-marks. like Cindy, X. Margaret, like that's like, what I'm saying. I had call? a feeling though he got too much pride out of, out of being an avid like, hunter for him not to take trophies so that he could remember those instances. No, that makes like, sense. And then again, like you love it when they find everything. You're like, God damn it! Like you're so dead to rights at this point. Like, yeah. why did you keep the map? I know. Right? <laughs> you 
know, like now it makes sense why some of these girls were probably able to be connected back, even though a body wasn't yeah, found. Absolutely. So when the F when an FBI forensic lab matched the shell casings found near the victims to the mini 14 found at Hanson's house um, is when he made a plea bargain. <laughs> I'm ready to talk. Yeah. He was charged with the four murders whose victims had been found and with the abduction and rape of Cindy Paulson. So they're not counting everybody just yet. Well, you're right. He, yeah. Now he agreed to confess to all of them, give t- details about his victims and show the burial sites marked on his map in exchange for serving his sentence in a federal prison and avoiding media uh, media publicity, uh, which is right. interesting. Very interesting. Right. It, well, yeah, because a lot of He's them not seek the notoriety. The, 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 yes, exactly. He's, He's trying not, to go low profile. Again, this is one of those reasons why I was like, okay, no, no matter if it's a shorter episode, we have to do this guy because... He's got some very distinctive qualities for a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, having access to a bush plane and some private area to do like a hunting game with his victims. The fact that once he's caught, he pled out to not being on the fucking news, yeah. which is, I mean, you think of our, our, the most popular serial killers in North America. I, you know what I think a, what? a little bit though? I think he maybe thought he was going to get away with it. And that once he got released back out, he didn't want the heat on him. So he could continue doing what he's doing. What you think? Because all the other sentences so, have been so light no, that no, he was like, yeah. I'll get, once I'm done, I don't want anyone to bother but me. But his, his MO is so ingrained into every, like there's, there's no slight. There's only very minute, slight differences from murder to murder. That's what I'm saying. Most, so most of it has to do with the placement of habit. the body or if they were naked or dressed when he shot them yeah. and things like that. But yeah, other than that, it was pretty, pretty on par. And so that makes me think is like, okay, he, he had a specific way of hunting. He enjoyed that specific way of hunting. Okay, if I keep a low profile, mind my P's and Q's, maybe I can get back out to get back to what I really want to do. Well, and also too, as we as we look with Cindy Paulson, originally they were they it was said that he was basically taking unwilling victims. Basically, he was trying to rape these women. If they gave him a big problem, then he was like, "Okay, I'm going to now murder them as yeah. well." Yeah. But Cindy Paulson, by all accounts of what we see, wasn't. I mean, I mean, they, I'm not saying anyone's willing to it, but. It's not as if she had given up a tremendous fighter. It was noted that she had. So by all all reasonable ways of looking at it, there was some level of cooperation with Hanson's desires, but he was still packing everything up to go hunt her. Yeah. So maybe it had even gotten to a point now where there was no distinguishment. I'm going to get that. I'm addicted to the actual raping and I'm addicted to the hunting aspect of this. Yeah, yeah. So he ended up showing the police 17 of his burial sites, but refused to help them with the other four. Twelve of, them, of these burial sites were actually unknown to the police. And uh, it's been theorized that he wouldn't actually confess to killing the other four because they were neither prostitutes, uh, prostitutes nor strippers, and he couldn't justify their murders even to himself. So oh, that so makes he, sense, yeah. too. So, oh, well, I'm taking... It's, it's one of those looking I'm cleaning, down... I'm cleaning it out. Yes, I'm cleaning it the out. Trash. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, even though you're using the services of them and all that. Yeah, we've seen that before. That's not a new MO there. No, yeah. The victims that were found were exhumed and returned to their families. And during the trial, it was stated that Hanson targeted prostitutes and topless dancers in their mid-teens to early 40s. So after soliciting him, so this again, this is going a little bit more deeper dive into his MO. So after soliciting him, he would abduct them and take them to a meat shack by his bush plane. Correct. He had later stated that he would let them live if they and submitted to his sexual fantasies. The ones who didn't were raped anyways, then stripped naked, 
and set loose into the wilderness where he would hunt them with a, you know, 223 hunting rifle. After finally killing them, he would take pieces of jewelry from them as trophies and bury the bodies in the area, marking the burial sites on a map. So, again, this is showing his, his true form, all of his actions. Yeah, and now, again, uh, confirming that when they found that map, they got him fucking dead to rights, which, again, I would imagine that maybe some of the stuff he was maybe a little bit off on as far as location, because some of the bodies were never found. Yeah. So he could have been like, oh, I know I was in this area when I killed her, uh, whatever, but, you know, they were able to link it back to him. Presumably, a lot of it through the map where he was actually marking locations. Yeah. So the women he didn't kill uh, would be raped and forced into having oral sex with him or sexually assaulted with the handles of uh, with the handles of hammers God and sticks. Damn. Yeah. Oh, so fuck. Um, on February 18th of 84, Hanson was convicted of murder and sentenced to life in prison plus 461 years. You gotta love America. <laughs> we won't just sit there and just tell you, look, you you're ain't gonna getting fucking, out. You're gonna fucking die in here. Either someone's gonna fucking shank you and you're gonna die that way or you are going to fucking rot. We don't they have to put it. numbers on it. Then maybe they do that because they're just like, you know what, people in the back in the day in the Bible used to live, you know, almost like a, a couple hundred years. Maybe let's just make Wouldn't sure Wouldn't that be it. crazy if like, because we're not judges, we don't, we're not like in the inner circle, but they have like a Methuselah clause or something <laughs> that we're not aware of. Like, look, According to one book, this dude lived this long. So when you give him a life sentence, make sure it, make sure it fucking counts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so he was initially incarcerated at the U.S. Penitentiary in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, before being moved back to Alaska and jailed at Lemon Creek Correctional Center. Um, then it was back then it was actually called uh, Spring Creek Correctional Center. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. So on May 11, 2014, he was moved to the Anchorage Correctional Center to receive medical attention for an undisclosed uh, lingering health condition, and he ended up dying on August 12th um, of 2014 at the Alaska Regional Hospital uh, due to an undisclosed health condition. Um, he had a you know, do not resuscitate a DNR order on his on his file. I want to think that his lingering health condition was maybe syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we've never seen a case of chlamydia so bad. This guy, have you ever seen Alaskan crabs? It's like it's the ones out. that the Alaskan crabbers get, but think, they're blown up on scale to crotch crickets. I want to think that uh, Al Capone died from complications from syphilis. Well, yeah. I believe he was syphilis. Yeah, yeah, because it's a blood point. I mean, yeah, yeah, that is right, because he went nuts. Um, but yeah, so that's why I thought, uh, when I was like, <laughs> didn't undisclose, I'm like, right, really? Really? You just don't want us to know that he probably gave his wife syphilis or some shit? They're like, look, we've never had any- We put any- her witness protection, but you could probably tell her by the variant of syphilis that she, she contracted from her nasty ass we've, husband. <laughs> we've never had anyone die of crabs, and if we well, alert the, the public that this is possible, it's going to cause a panic. Yeah. And so we can't so undis- undisclose. I hope they were just like, look, I don't know how we tell people that 38 people shanked him all within five seconds. And it was a nice fucking bad death because he was a fucking asshole. But nonetheless, as we're at the we, end. We're as done. We, yes, as we wrap up our episode on the Butcher Baker, he's not a candlestick maker, but his name is Robert Hansen. Episode 36 of Spread the Dread. Again, I knew this was going to be a shorter episode, but how did you like talking about Robert Hansen, Joe? I liked him. I liked that there was more dates and a little bit more facts to it than what it's been here it's, lately. It's always cool, too, because we've, we've, if anyone, you guys know, we're huge fans of horror. We, and mm-hmm. we both love the, the house that Jack built yeah. by Lars von Trier starring God, Matt so Dillon. That's up. a fucked up movie. But there's some scenes of hunting humans in there, really fucked up scenes. 
But there's other movies that have that as well. And it's kind of crazy sometimes to sit here and think that horror movies, more often than not, whether they have anything about it being a true story at the beginning, they are very often inspired. And this is something where you're like, oh, who would hunt humans? Historically, you're going to find it. You're going to find some other story that's very similar to a horror movie. They, they, it's it's like art imitates life, life imitates art right. kind of thing. Uh, no, and actually when they were talking about hunting, that's exactly what popped in my head was that scene from that movie. And I was the like, Jack, oh, the house, yeah. The house that Jack built, yeah. I was but, like, oh, shit. But that's the thing. I think if most of us thought about like hunting humans, we would think about some sort of royalty with large amounts of land doing it for a thrill. And that's not the case with Robert Hansen. This was a guy in the, in the right location. A, he was in Anchorage, Alaska, tons of wilderness around. Him, he had a bush plane, so he had access to it and was able to do this kind of stuff. This is not some guy of any kind of known like riches or anything like that, but there, this I mean, can happen been doing- and it has happened. This is deep web sounding shit. It but is. There was a guy in the 70s and 80s, he had to have had some money because I mean, his family's vacationing think- in Europe without him. But think of how cheap all of his bills are up in Anchorage, Alaska. Now, again, he's running the bakery, so mm-hmm. it's not that he's a complete deadbeat. He's he, you know what I'm saying, but. He's not someone that you would think, honestly, we think of like a hostile, like Eli Roth situation, someone human hunting, some upscale rich people with tons of land and property, and it's almost done for fun, like a purge type thing, things like that. But it's, this is why I liked him so much. Again, he's a terrible human. You know what I mean by like him. That we want to talk about him because in the 70s and 80s, there's just this fucking guy. There's just this fucking guy in Anchorage, Alaska, who was able to actually hunt human prey as part of his M.O. Mm-hmm. And that's fucked up, Joe. Yeah. That is some dread worth spreading <laughs> if I've ever heard of it. Dreadheads, thank y'all so much for tuning into this latest episode. Again, Joe, if they want everything to do with us, the one point on the entirety of the internet to interact with us and find everything about us. What is it? Spreadthedreadpodcast.com and you'll find everything there. Absolutely. Episodes, links to social media, merch, donations, how to contact us, all that shit is right there. Thank all of y'all so much for listening. We hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Listening to it as much as we did researching it and getting to record it. Uh, Thank y'all again for the great numbers. For Tortures and Executions Part 4, keep those up. If you haven't listened to Part 1 through 3, definitely do that because it just stays consistently fucked up. We've skipped over all the horse shit. We're only talking about the big boys and the big bangers on that one. So definitely check that out. Several episodes ready to come up. So again, stay in touch with us. And finally, if you're wanting some free Spread the Dread stickers, leave us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Send us a screenshot along with your mailing address to Facebook, IG, or Spread the Dread Podcast at gmail.com, and we'll get you some free five-star super spreader stickers out to you. Joe, is that it? Yes, it is. All right, Joe. I guess we should sign off like normal, right? Yeah. All right, Dreadheads, we had a lot of fun, but let's not forget, I'm John. And I'm Joe. And thank you all so much for listening. Have a great morning, afternoon, or evening. Get out there and crush the day and do it in like the words of our man Jack Torrance. Why don't you start right now and get the fuck out of here?